0: Okay, today I would like to turn our attention to Luke 21. Please turn in your Bibles to Luke 21. We'll read the first four verses there. A fascinating little story. It doesn't say that it's a parable. It says that he saw this happen, and he made a point with it. He made a lesson from it. I'm fascinated to see uh, Luke 21, the last verses there in Luke 21, where he he said, Beware of the scribes who desire to go around in long robes, love greetings in the marketplaces, the best seats in synagogues, and the best places at feasts, who devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers. These will receive greater condemnation. He was talking about people who were so concerned about how they appear, so concerned about how they look, so concerned about how others view them, and they lived their lives accordingly, taking advantage of the helpless instead of helping them. But then they wanted to be sure to look good and uh, there's, that, that's the way sin is. We always can find justification and uh, t- twist things around to, to make ourselves look good, or we try to at least. So now we come to chapter 21, Luke 21, verse 1. And he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. That must have been quite a sight. And he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites. So he said, Truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. For all these, out of their abundance, have put in offerings for God. But she, out of her poverty, put in all the livelihood that she had. The phrase that grabs me in these four verses more than anything else is that this poor widow has put in more than all the poor widow, the one who had the least, put in more than all. Wow. We like to give God a lot, don't we? We like to love him a lot. We want to contribute more to his kingdom. Don't you? How many want to contribute more all you can to his kingdom, yes. It says that this poor widow, who didn't have much at all, contributed more than all. How can that be? I'm fascinated with the, with the word "all. The word all appears three times in these four verses. It says, first of all, she put in more than all. And then it says, all these, everybody else, put in out of their abundance. But she put in all the livelihood she had. She put in more than all, and she put in all. What are the principles we want to learn from this? How is these two mites more than the rich, what they put in? Now, I can imagine the rich putting what they put in with a flair and take it to to other things, Uh, like when a rich person gives a gift, it's done up just so. It's the best. It's done with a flair. It's done with impressively. And I don't expect this was any different. The rich put in impressive sums. I'm convi- convinced the rich put in impressive sums. Can you, can you uh, you've been there, haven't you? When you compare yourself with someone else, Uh, I'm a preacher, so I would compare myself with another preacher who seems like he can just get up and it just flows. And it's so good. And I get up and I just, say it, you know, just me. You ladies, you tend to picture other cooks as just, oh, it just falls from their hands and everything just turns out perfect. But when you go to cook, then you compare yourself and it's just not. <clears throat> or maybe it's someone who can fix things or someone who can talk or someone who has friends. And when we compare ourselves, it feels like other people have it all, like they're rich. Things just happen easy for them. The first relationship they get involved in works out and they get married. Or you name it, whatever the case. On and on and on, we compare ourselves with others who seem to be rich. They have it all. And they can just make it happen and it's so good and this is just poor me and it just doesn't go that way for me. Comparing the rich and the poor. So what made this poor widow's two cents? I'm just going to say two cents. See, we often, we don't even want to speak our two cents because we're afraid of how it will appear. We're afraid that somebody will reject our two cents. And how does my two cents compare with his confident uh, opinion. And so we're just quiet. We don't even contribute our two cents. I'm saying this morning, stop it. You give your two cents in the right spirit. Give all. Give all. What made her two cents more than all. More than all the rich, more than all the prosperous, more than the ones who seem like they had everything going for them. What made her two cents be more than all? There are two factors that I think of. One is proportionally. If they, out of their abundance, if a man is worth two million, and he only puts a $100 bill in the offering plate, that's a pretty small proportion of what he's worth. And so proportionately, she gave more than everybody else because she was worth 2 cents, and she put in 2 cents. That's 100%. She put in more than all. She put in 100%. So proportionately, She put in more than all. Also, there's the God factor, and this is the biggest part of it. I don't think that Jesus was necessarily saying that every time there's an opportunity to give, you have to put in all that you're worth. I think he was saying that she gave her all. She gave her all. She gave herself. And that lines up with other scriptures where Jesus said, you have to leave all if you're going to be my disciple. You have to forsake. You deny yourself and follow me. And the disciples, they left all to follow Jesus. Giving our all. Giving ourselves. 100% 100% to God. So the God factor. You know, when we make investments, we calculate risks. And, and we want to, and we need to keep a little money to, to live off of, but we want to invest all we can in this investment because it's going to give us a good return. And so we, we're, we're calculating the risk. How much am I willing to risk into this investment? Uh, and because of what I get back. But what we need to do in life is to put the God factor in there. Calculate, and you can't calculate God, but calculate, put the God factor in there. The fact that he is infinite. The, The fact that he is worthy of our all. In God's economy also, often... Less is more because he can be more. So I want to talk about that this morning, what poverty is and what it can do for us. There's a verse here about John the Baptist that's fascinating to me. For I say to you, among those born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. Jesus said John the Baptist was the greatest prophet that ever was. And then he says, but he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than this great prophet. How does that work? He that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than the greatest. One of the paradoxes of the upside down kingdom. I just just shake my head at that. He that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than the greatest prophet. Somehow with God's economy, less is more. Humility is greater. There's something about poverty that enables God. There's something about poverty that enables God to do more. So that's the the God factor. We have other scriptures. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Jesus was also an example of this. He came and emptied himself, emptied himself of everything, made himself poor, made himself the lowest. And to the world standard, he wasn't, there wasn't ever a bigger loser than him. Even though he did some great things, in the end, he was killed. His disciples were a a motley crew. He was dead, according to what the world saw. But we know that that poverty, where he emptied himself of everything, made himself of no reputation, resulted in the greatest, most powerful thing that ever was. The resurrection The conquering of death, the penalty of sin for all of humanity, that poverty makes makes many rich. So today is the day to give all. Today is the day to give all. Now, I don't, like I implied, I don't necessarily mean that every time you come to church, you have to put all your money, all your assets in the offering plate. I think that's symbolic uh, that our lives need to be. What we put in there is a symbol of what needs to be our all. But the point I want to make here is we tend to wait. To give our all, we tend to wait because things aren't as they should be. We tend to wait to give our all to God because something isn't as it should be. Something legitimately isn't as it should be. Maybe it's not legitimate, but we feel that way. And sometimes it actually is. So this is my definition of poverty this morning. I want you to think of poverty in this way something that isn't as it should be, okay? And so we wait. We don't give our all because something isn't as it should be. All of you have things in your life that you think, well, that shouldn't be that way, or you have situations in your life, well, that shouldn't be that way, or you have failures in your life that shouldn't be that way, Or you have uh, hindrances or things that look insurmountable to you that shouldn't be there. Maybe it's other people's sins. Maybe it's other people's expectations or lack of expectations or the way they hinder you. But something that isn't as it should be, that I want you to think about that as your poverty. Your poverty. Is there anybody here that's perfect? In the ways that you are imperfect, that is your poverty. Is there anybody here that always has plenty of energy? Always has the right thoughts? No. That is your poverty. So we think things like, well, I'm young. I'm not going to give God my all. I'm not just going to go for it because I'm young, I'm inexperienced, or I'm single, or I'm not paid enough. Or I'm this isn't really my career. This is just a temporary job. I was just thinking about that. How many people <laughs> are working temporary jobs? Isn't that silly? Uh, if you take a poll, I I, I haven't Seen what, what the percentages is. If you take a poll, I'd say most maybe 70% of people are working in temporary jobs. Well, they're just working in this job until they get a real job. Or until they get what they really want to do in life. Isn't that crazy? It's just like those are the things that hold us back. I'm like, no, no, this is your career. This is your real job. You might just be doing it for six months or six years, but it is your job. It is your job. But we think of it as our poverty. Well, it's, it's, it's just not quite right yet. Just here, temporary. There's a sense where everything's temporary. So, but that is our poverty, things that, you know, this job just isn't quite suited for me, but I am stay here and I'm kind of limp along until, you know, whatever, um, until I get a job that's really suited for me, and then I can really be successful. Well, that's part of your poverty. Not, it's just not everything is going to be right. There's something going to be wrong with everything. Maybe you're in a time of transition, well, we're always in a time of transition, but maybe that's our poverty, the insecurity. Maybe you, you have a poor relationship with someone, with your mom or your dad or your child or with someone in authority or your friends, and, and you feel like it's, it's just not right, and, and you we need to get this fixed before you can give all. That's your poverty. My church isn't something. I don't have my flaws figured out yet. My friends aren't on the same page as I am yet. Or God hasn't answered. Or God hasn't something. Uh, uh, and, And maybe I'm unprepared. Or maybe I didn't have enough time to prepare. That's your poverty. My weakness. My fatigue. The fact that I only have a few days. These are the things that I'm thinking of this morning as our poverty. Our poverty. There will always be something wrong with everything. On this earth, things are imperfect, and there will always be something wrong with everything. That's our poverty. That thing that keeps you from stepping forward in the way you should step forward that thing that keeps you from living life the way you should live. That's your poverty. You don't have to get rid of your poverty in order to move forward and be who you know God has put in your heart to be. You don't have to give, get rid of that poverty. You need to give your all. I need to give my all to God Out of that poverty. Out of that poverty. Give it all you've got wholeheartedly. In your poverty, let go of your life. Let go of your life. Give it all to Him. In your poverty. Don't wait till everything is perfect. No, give it all now. Leave all and follow. Give it all you've got, wholeheartedly. Live all. Go read that book that you've been uh, putting off reading. Go climb that mountain that you have been thinking about. Go speak those kind words to that person that you need to speak kind words to. Go tell someone about Jesus and what Jesus has done for you. Don't wait Till you don't feel poor anymore. Don't wait till you everything is right. Move forward. Now, tear down those walls. Don't wait till you know how. Go build up those walls that should be built up. Tear down the walls of, of jealousy and, and fear and intimidation, those things that divide people. And build up the people. And build the bridges between people. Dream of what you can do to advance God's kingdom. Follow Jesus with all your heart. Go sit with that person that you should sit with and spend time with. Get into your exercise and rest routines like you should. Make preparations. Don't wait to... Move forward and prepare for the rest of your life. Prepare now for the rest of your life. What is giving all out of poverty? So Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. That knowledge that we don't have it. We don't have what it takes. We are poor. We're poor spiritually. We're limited compared to God's infinite greatness. We are poor. So out of poverty, all. Out of poverty, giving all. What is that? Out of poverty, giving all. I've been explaining it a little bit, but think just about out of poverty. So we all are poor. Compared to God, we all are limited. There's something not right. There's something not perfect about us. There's something not perfect about our, our situations. There are, there are people looking at us cross, cross cross-eyed, or there are people discouraging us, or this or that is happening out of poverty. So recognize. Recognize that no. No, you can't cook that dish like so-and-so can. Or you can't fix that car like so-and-so can. Or you can't fix your computer like Kendall can. Or you can't, uh, you can't sing like Derek can. Or you can't... No, we all have poverty. Recognize it. And, and, and you, haven't, you haven't been victorious like you should, could, um, They're they're just things like that that aren't right. Recognize it and accept it. Accept it. I'm poor. I'm not infinite. I'm not God. I'm not almighty. Not everything goes my way. Not everything in my life goes as it should. Not everything in my family's life goes as it should. Accept it. Accept it. And in the things that you need to take responsibility for, confess it. Confess it is wrong. Confess it is sin. Repent. But accept, whether it's your fault or someone else, recognize it, accept it, and admit it. Confess it. Say, you know, my family's just a mess. Or I just was not taught how to do so-and-so. But acknowledge it. That's, that's your poverty. That's your poverty. Out of poverty. Now the giving all. It's just move ahead in spite of it. Just move ahead in spite of it. Don't wait. Don't let it hold you back. Move ahead in spite of. So out of poverty, giving it all. Giving all to God. Giving your all. Giving yourself to God. Out of that what isn't right. Because there always will be something that's not quite right as long as we are on earth. All right, just a few verses here. Um, Hebrews 11:34. Hebrews 11 is that faith chapter, and it talks about all these heroes of faith, these heroes of faith, they out of weakness were made strong." Say that with me. "Out of weakness were made strong." Same as "out of poverty, giving all. out of weakness. Were made strong. All the heroes of faith were were that way. And then there's 1 Corinthians 27. God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 1. Let's read. There's a fascinating passage there that goes right along with what I'm saying. 1 Corinthians 1, we'll read verse 18 through 31. 1 Corinthians 1, 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where's the wise? Where's the scribe? Where's the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. That's the poverty, a crucified man. We preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block, and to the Greeks, foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. There you have that principle. Verse 30. But of him you are in Christ Jesus. You, in your poverty. Now, if you recognize it, if you accept it, if you confess it, Jesus can now be big in you. Jesus can now be great in you, in your poverty, because Jesus became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. He can redeem that poverty. He can change those two cents into more than all, more than all, in him. If you're willing to, out of your poverty, just give it to him and go for it. He can redeem it. He can if you don't give it. He won't. But if you give out of your poverty, you give your two cents, And compared to others, it just looks like two cents. This is embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. The next thing, next time you're called to do something and you look at it, you know, if I'd step forward and try to do that, I would be so mortified. Embarrassing. Well, mortified, that's a good word for it. Die Die to flesh, die to yourself. Just be mortified and let Jesus be sanctification and righteousness and redemption. He can redeem those two cents and make it be more than all if you give it. Out of your poverty, you give it. So move ahead. Oh, let's look at these verses, Uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will boast in my infirmities, my poverty, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. All right, Uh, turning to Proverbs 16, there's a few verses here that speak into this as well. Proverbs 16, verse 1. The preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. I like that verse. We give, we realize our poverty. We recognize it, we accept it, we confess it. But we move ahead and do all we can. Preparations of the heart. We give our heart and let God put words or life or or power to what we say and do. Preparation of the heart. But the words, and I'm just going to say the words that, or the uh, the actions, the living out, is from the Lord. It's not of us. It's from God. But we move, we give it all to Him, and we move forward with that. Uh, also, verse three in the same chapter: Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. So often, we are in situations in life we don't even know how to think. I don't even know how to think about this. I feel so poor. That's my poverty. I'm faced with something I don't even know how I should think about it. Should I think about it in this way, or this way, or some other way that I haven't even thought of yet? But committing are all to the Lord and he will show us how to think our thoughts will be established now sometimes god has us in periods of waiting waiting in our poverty you know i say don't wait don't wait just because you're poor, just because something isn't right. Move ahead, step forward. But sometimes God says wait. But in that waiting, make it productive waiting. Prepare your heart. The preparation of the heart is man's. That's your job. That's my job. In that waiting, make it productive waiting. Prepare your heart. In that waiting, commit your works to the Lord. Prepare your heart, commit yourself, give it to him. So that will be productive waiting. So move ahead. Don't wait. Uh, Don't wait till you are rich. Don't wait till you are strong. Don't wait till everything is as it should be. Give your all. God, out of your poverty give your two cents give it all to God there is way too much good left undone because something isn't right because we feel our poverty because we're not willing to trust God and give out of our poverty giving your all to God Uh, just give it all to God. And love God with all your heart. Love people with all your heart. Even if you feel like you don't know how, go for it. Giving and living wholeheartedly. Remember, your poverty is an important factor in making what you give be more than all. Out of poverty, this poor widow gave her two cents. He, she gave her all, and that was more than all.